Hello and welcome to Cannabis Grand Rounds, a production by physicians with advanced degrees in cannabis medicine. Your hosts, Dr. Lee Van Oker, Dr. Les Matthews, and Dr. Hal Altman, will offer unbiased medical cannabis education for healthcare providers and the motivated public. Our content is selected with the objective to fully explore cannabis as science and medicine and pledges to reflect current cannabis knowledge with no hidden agenda nor sponsorships. Hi there, welcome back to another episode of Cannabis Grand Rounds, a podcast produced by healthcare professionals for healthcare professionals on all things cannabis. My name is Dr. Les Matthews. I'm one of the founders and co-hosts of Cannabis Grand Rounds, and I'm pleased to be joined again today by my co-founders of this podcast, Dr. Lee Vanoker and Dr. Hal Altman. Welcome back, guys. Hi, Les. Thanks. Good to be back. We are going to take a dive today into the topic of the cannabis plant. So we're all going to put on our botany hats here and have a conversation that I hope you will find interesting and educational uh, as we talk about the cannabis plant, which is a fascinating topic in and of itself. But then we'll get into more of the details of the growing of cannabis, some of the challenges associated with that the sources of THC and the various cannabinoids, and also hope in a future podcast to get into the topic of hemp versus marijuana. Um, So to kick things off, Lee, um, there's a a sexuality associated with the cannabis plant. Can you explain that to our audience? Yeah, let's talk about sex. Um, Yes. So what's really interesting about this fascinating plant is that actually the plants are separated. There are female plants and male plants. And in botany, that term is called dioecious. Now, the majority of flowering plants that you see around that have flowers have both female parts called pistils, and male parts called stamen, and those are the sex organs, and they're usually in one flower, and they're called hermaphroditic. Uh, The other groups of plants that have been around are either considered monoecious or dioecious. So a monoecious plant has separate sex flowers, but the male flowers and the female flowers are on the same plant. What's amazing about cannabis is it's dioecious, as we said. So cannabis not only has separate sex flowers, but these flowers are on separate plants. So there's completely a male plant, a female plant, and you can determine the sex of the plant at about six weeks when you look at the nodes, which are sort of the branching points of the stalks, that's when you'll see which flower is coming out and if it's a male or female. So so which plant produces the good stuff? <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, actually both plants do have... Um, have THC, which is what I think you're referring to. And actually, all parts of both male and female cannabis plants can create THC and some of the terpenes. These 
these chemicals, you know, they're not just for our benefit <laughs> lesson how. They're really for the plant's benefit. They're called secondary metabolites. And they can defend the plant against UV damage, you know, ultraviolet light and pests. But the concentrations of THC will vary in different areas. With higher concentrations, obviously at the tops or outer parts of the plants, because those are the ones that are exposed to to their potential noxious uh, stimuli and damage. So their fan leaves, which is the typical cannabis five-pointed leaves that you see um, in both sexes are needed for photosynthesis, but they also will create these protective secondary metabolites of which cannabinoids are some of them. But, you know, most growers in the industry you know, don't really cultivate the male plants. Um, what's interesting is male plants are sometimes used as remediation. Cannabis is a very good accumulator of toxins and heavy metals out of the soil. That's why it's so important when you're buying a product that it gets tested for that because it can actually bioaccumulate that stuff. So some people will plant male plants in there just as pest control in their non-cannabis gardens. They don't want them in the cannabis gardens because they don't want them fertilizing the females. But it's really that female flower, that bud that people are referring to that produces the most amount of protective cannabinoids because they want to protect their offspring. And uh, those are the things that are most desirable in recreational and uh, both medicinal uses. So the psychoactive cannabinoids in descending order, the flowers have the most then these special leaves called sugar leaves, which have some crystal-looking things on it, the typical fan leaves that we see as the cannabis leaf, and even the stems have a tiny bit of it in there. So, Lee, I, I think most of us understand, at least if, if we pretend to be smart, uh, that women rule the world, <laughs> uh, and certainly in, in cannabis that's the case. Um, are there ways that the female cannabis... Uh, plant enhances uh, its yield of cannabinoids and terpenes? Yeah, actually, you know, what's interesting is, you know, most growers, and I know we know the term sensimilia for cannabis, it's the Spanish word for without seeds. So when it comes to cultivating uh, cannabis for profit, growers want to prevent fertilization. Um, and that's why they'll, you know, illicit growers, you know, that were doing black market would try and weed them out in those fields in the jungle, maybe in some countries where they were doing it. But what happens is with the female plant to become more attractive to the male, if it isn't fertilized, it um, actually starts creating more and more of the cannabinoids in there, one, to protect the female flower, um, but also to sort of evolutionarily make it more desirable to be fertilized and pollinated and everything. Uh, so it gets um, a lot more of those um, trichomes on the flower. So trichome comes from the Greek word meaning hair growth, and it's those resinous glands that actually produce the cannabinoids 
and the terpenes. So the females kind of ramp those up when they're not fertilized, and that's why when they're cultivating it, trying to get these unfertilized female flowers or inflorescence, the whole thing's called a cola. You know, that bud that you see at the end that has the stalk, the tiny leaves, that's called a cola. But that's how it ramps it up. If I was walking around a growing facility uh, for cannabis, what I would find would be uh, a predominance, if not exclusively, um, groups of unfertilized female plants uh, yielding the cannabinoids. Is that correct? Right. That's that's what most growers are doing. They do it indoor for, you know, in our state, it's medicinal cannabis only right now. That might change. But uh, yes, they're doing it all, cultivating it all indoors, trying to regulate um, the amount of UV light, trying to regulate um, the moisture, everything to optimize the cannabinoid um, production in in these plants because as we said they're these cannabinoids are a response to the cannabis or um environment so the lee the the reason uh for indoor growing then is uh for control of the factors that you've just reviewed the fact that they're indoors and sexual uh identification is somewhat difficult in the beginning of the growth of the plant but if it's under, if the plant is under the eyes of the grower, at a fairly early stage in the first uh, couple months or so, male plants can be identified uh, and separated from female plants. And the reason for doing that, obviously, is we want the females to not be fertilized, not go to seed. And as time wears on uh, and they become frustrated without being pollinated, <laughs> They grow more trichomes, they, they grow more of the cannabinoids and terpenes uh, to try to attract pollen. Is, is that a fair summary? Yeah, it's true. You know, it, it's so different in the wild. Well, some of the reasons, too, that it's an indoor grow is that was part of the law, right? Because we didn't want, you know, it's called weed for a reason because they are weeds and, and it that, you know, if it can get out anywhere, it, it just picks it up and starts growing. I mean, it's an amazing adaptive plant. Do you know, even during times of stress, even though there are two sexes of the plant, if there's drought, if there's cold, that, that cannabis can become a hermaphrodite and get these kind of banana-shaped anthers on the flower buds to self-pollinate. So it's a pretty tricky plant. So part of the reason it's grown indoors is, you know, for the law. They didn't want you know, loose cannabis started to grow on the roadside, which it could, <laughs> but also they regulate it. And they're not really crossbreeding with males anymore. I mean, I'm not a, a grower um, and I, yeah, I don't know exactly what they do, but they'll do a lot of grafting and now they'll uh, talk about uh, genetics a little bit and, um, and look at genetic lines and things. So they're not really fertilizing them with male plants, but yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, you're right. Well, this has been a good initial dive into the fascinating topic of the cannabis plant and the botany behind the production of THC and other cannabinoids. Um, when we come back for our next session, we're going to take a little deeper dive into more of the botany topics, talk a little bit about the uh, 
common and often misused terms of indica versus sativa. We hope you'll join us for our next uh, podcast. Thanks for being with us. And thanks, Lee. And thank you, Hal. All information, material, and content on this podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional and or medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment by a qualified physician or healthcare provider. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. Cannabis Grand Rounds LLC does not offer personal health or medical advice. If you have a medical emergency, call your doctor or call 911 immediately.